This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Countries all over the world are trying new ways of softening or partially lifting COVID-19-related restrictions while keeping the virus progression in check. As several countries take measures to adjust to the new normal, schools reopening are among the most pressing and challenging considerations to be made. Indeed, with more than 30 million cases of COVID-19 reported worldwide, education is one of the most affected sectors. Joining us at this time to help us unpack this and what this means for the pandemic and the way it has affected provision of sanitation for pupils dropping out of school in large numbers. We are joined by Mr. Douglas Ngobeni, the spokesperson of the Congress of South African Students. Mr. Ngobeni, thank you so much for your time. Welcome to the COVID Report. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I wish to pass my most sincere revolutionary greetings around this time where South Africa and the entire world are faced with an intense time of difficulty in their health status. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, water, sanitation and hygiene, WASH for short, have emerged as an issue of particular concern when considering schools reopening. Can you please talk us through some of the support and prevention measures that the government can consider implementing to make sure that children in rural areas are also accommodated? Look, we have raised a concern as a Congress of South African students to say that South Africa and its people, the world must learn to live with the COVID-19. And uh, as much as we are all not aware when this virus is going to be declared ended. So now we believe that as much as, uh, I mean, when numbers rises, school activities are suspended, this and that, and then contact sports in schools have been suspended for obvious reasons. So now we have said to the department that the budget, which is normally used for extramural activities, should then be redirected to creating and building proper infrastructure, particularly sanitation, hygiene. We are very glad to report that as we speak now, the process has already started in Limpopo. Pit toilets are being eradicated in Limpopo. We have also called on the National Treasury to say that when they allocate budgets, they must at least increase the basic education budget because we believe that uh, the basic education department contributes. In fact, we are a department which has got more than 13 million learners, the biggest sector in society. So now when a budget is allocated to departments and everything, we believe that there must be an even more huge budget increase for the Department of Basic Education, I mean, you cannot give less money for a department which contributes the largest to the economy. There is no sector in society which uh, the Department of Basic Education or education itself does not contribute to. So as a Congress of South African students, we have always said, if it needs be that the salary of the president must be cut into half, the salary of the speaker, members of parliament, MECs, members of the legislature, mayors and everything, CEOs of big companies, if their salaries have to be cut enough, let's so be it, so that we are, we are able to build infrastructure which is accommodative uh, in terms of hygiene for the learners of South Africa. I mean, we cannot be 28 years into democracy and we still find ourselves 
in a position or in a situation where our learners, where our members, our constituency still fall and die in pit toilets. I mean, we cannot be 27 years into democracy. I mean, a school is not even a, an entire community, but the entire community obviously meets in a school environment. So we cannot have a school which does not have water. It does not make sense. It is injustice. It is a violation of human rights. And at any given time, when a learner's right is violated, we have to stand up, we have to act up. So those are some of the drastic suggestions we are making. And uh, we're very glad that the Department of Basic Education doing exactly that. Uh, the eradication of big toilets in Nimbopo is already happening. Now, you've just made mention of schools like the couple that you've just referred to out in Limpopo and schools in various other parts of the country who experience a a much more drastic lack of these basic resources compared to other schools across the country. Do you think the government needs to implement an emergency support system to secure and extend water and sanitation service provision to these schools that don't have access or have limited access to proper sanitation? Look, the first thing first, when the president of the Republic, His Excellency, Madame Elasel Ramaphosa, introduced the, the stimulus package, the 500 billion, we expected the president to come and then say that this is a budget which we are going to allocate to the Department of Basic Education. Because now, uh, when we speak about emergency funds, the state, of course, does have emergency funds. The Department of Basic Education itself does have emergency funds. I mean, uh, the Department of Basic Education, particularly the DG of Basic Education, presides over a board called the National Education Collaboration Trust. I mean, that is a trust which has got a lot of money. Some of the things which we are speaking about are things which the budget to do them will come from the NECT. But unfortunately, they are not happening as we wish. So we do not need an emergency fund. The money to do whatever we're speaking about right now is there. I mean, we've also made a call that as much as we have to learn to live with the virus, we need to digitalize our schools. I mean, digitalizing our schools is not a big issue. Uh, Houting is already on e-learning and everything. And that thing must extend all other provinces. We cannot have Limpopo, which is eradicating pit toilets, and there are still learners in Eastern Cape, in the Kwazulu Natal, who are still falling into pit toilets. So, same must apply. When one thing is done in Limpopo, the same must be done in the Western Cape. It must be done in Eastern Cape. Because we cannot be a government. We cannot be a government which embraces inequality. We want a government which embraces equality to treat all our learners in the country the very same way. That is why the Congress of South African Students at some point called for the abolishment of private schools. It was for that reason to say that we cannot live in a democratic society where inequality seems to be superior. We cannot live in an environment whereby there are learners who are able to access education even when they are home, whereas there are those who become stranded when the number of COVID-19 cases increase. Come the end of the year, they're not even able to comprehend the exams which are placed before them. And then you find these ones of the IEP come the end of the year, 
they already know what their question paper will look like. And when the results are released, surprisingly, you find that they have achieved more than 98%. Their results are fabricated and everything. That is a society which you cannot live in. We need a society of equality. I mean, the struggle by the African National Congress, one of its most and sole purposes was to unite the people of South Africa, regardless of race, gender, or whatever it is, whether it is access to resources. But today, we are found in a situation whereby inequality still thrives. If one thing is being done in this province, I believe that uh, the same thing should be done in the next in the next province. We have raised an issue of the president. You'd remember that uh, last year when uh, schools were closed, the president announced that uh, it's only public schools which are going to close and then not private schools. We said that uh, the least we're going to do, and we did. We went to the streets, we went and closed it down, shut down the private schools. We said that, no, but uh, here we're speaking about the Department of Education. We're speaking about education generally. We're not speaking about who can afford education, but we are speaking about education generally. If learners are not going to go to school, it must not only be learners, who are underprivileged, but everyone. And the president, well, of course, listened. The president came back. The president closed uh, both the public and private schools. So that is a society which we need to live in. We don't need emergency funds. We just need people, administrators of government, who are innovative administrators, who do not only think out of their stomach, administrators who do not think only for their children, but for the general population of the country. Now, a lot's been made about the need for a full-time return to schools to commence, even in the face of rising numbers of COVID-19 across the country. In your view, Mr. Ngobeni, what would you suggest would be methods we should look into exploring to create a safe environment for the return to schools? And are there any other additional measures that can be implemented in schools so that we can ensure that schools are not the super spreaders of the COVID-19 virus? Now, I'm very glad that I have already made this point and I, I, I love, I, I don't even like, but love making this point. To say that uh, we live in a democratic state. Democracy says that we should have one president and the majority rules. And uh, the president of the country has put in place measures to combat the spread of the COVID-19. Part of those uh, measures is that uh, there shouldn't be people more than 100 people in one environment, and there should be 1.5 meters uh, distance, social distancing. And everything. So we cannot come back as a sector to say that uh, we are going to defy the president. We are a department. We are going to do uh, as we believe is best for the learners of South Africa, and then overthrowing the measures, the regulations which are put in place by the president and the entrepreneur. Now, we have always said to the Department of Education that we will need to learn to live with the virus. The, the, the least we can do in learning to live with the virus uh, is to make sure that we digitalize our schools. Let us digitalize our schools so that our learners are able to learn even from home. We'll still go back to that one of equality and everything. I mean, this one's from Kuro, whether they're going to school or not, they're still learning. So we have called upon the Department of Basic Education to say that uh, what we want from you is that, I mean, use all those budgets which are available, 
create a telecommunications infrastructure in our communities, underprivileged communities, so that learners are able to access internet. Learners are able to 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 do their learning and teaching environment I mean, activities even when they are home, so that schools do not become a super spread. I mean, I go to schools every now and then to observe what is happening. Go to a primary school; these learners do no longer observe these regulations. As I speak now, not even uh, only primary schools. As I speak now, when you called. I was in a complex, and then next to that complex is a high school. I held a loud hand on my on, on my hand, and the learners were coming out from schools. All of them were not wearing a mask. I had to tell them to, to say that no, wear a mask, wear a mask. I spent an hour or two doing the same thing. When taxis were coming, taxis carrying learners were coming like that. I would uh, go into the taxi or beat a bus, say that no, wear your mask, keep yourself safe, and everything. So some of the things are things which are not of human control. I mean, you cannot keep a person in a mask forever. And you cannot say that a learner must not go to school because he or she is not wearing a mask. So now, what we are saying is that the only thing which will assist us in making sure that schools do not become super spreaders, even when schools are closed like that, numbers are high, learners are still able to engage in learning and teaching, is when we digitalize our schools, as simple as that. Now, Mr. Ngobeni, can you please take me through your views and sentiments on the role that stakeholders in the education sector have to play in terms of the need to take a look at some of the urgent key interventions that need to be made in addressing these gaps that you have just been referring to in terms of the schools that have access to the technology that can facilitate them fully integrated into the e-learning program versus the schools that have yet to find that access to that amount of technology? We have uh, stakeholder colleagues, which we normally work with as uh, the Congress of South African Students, one being SATU, and we have got the NSSGB, which we normally engage with. Now, we find ourselves in a situation where you have got Douglas, who has got close relations to the Minister of Basic Education, who will be patronized by the Minister of Basic Education. So now the least stakeholders can play is to say that, no, let us come together and create a common purpose. So now stakeholders need to come together, not to buy in whatever the Department of Basic Education is doing. But uh, one one other rule stakeholders need to play is to make sure that they go out engage, even engage the private sector. If there's a person, if there's a company which is willing to contribute to electrifying of our schools, that company must be engaged by stakeholders. They come on board. We take them to the Department of Basic Education to say, no, there is this company without any interest. They do not want your money or anything, but they just want to assist our communities that they are able to go for e-learning and things like that. So now the stakeholders in the Department of Basic Education, our colleagues, stakeholder colleagues, should not only rely on the Department of Basic Education because we have got the government. So it now becomes upon, upon us to make sure that uh, we engage more particularly the private sector, invite them to this party, which we are saying should happen. And we depend 
less on the Department of Basic Education because for as much as there is still that, I don't think there's anything of which we're proposing now that is going to happen within the next five years. Now, Mr. Ngobeni, this pandemic has been a part of our lives for in excess of a year and a half now. And I think we have succeeded in capturing the sense of urgency with which these issues need to be addressed. Issues that were identified close to a year and a half ago when this pandemic first became a part of our lives. Fast forward to now and the various instances of unrest that is developing due to the lack of pace with which these issues are being addressed. Can you talk us through some of the long-lasting impacts of this unrest as it pertains to this particular subject? And how do the issues of supporting and improving the well-being of, uh, of, of, these, of these students who are impacted by this issue, should, how should that become a priority after the unrest? Look, uh, the unrest have, has played a very impaired role in um, taking us far back from where we were already at. The unrest have left our learners traumatized much as COVID-19 has does. I mean, people will, in many cases, take their frustrations out on school facilities. So now a lot of schools have been vandalized due to the unrest and everything. Our learners are now unable to go back to those schools. Uh, our, I mean... Uh, uh, the unrest inspectors invited our learners to uh, what I normally call the uh, a rascal gate. I mean, our learners are now interested in these things of unrest to say that if there is an opportunity for looting tomorrow, they will be the first to go there and everything. So now the only solution which we have always and indeed called for is to say that uh, under such scrupulous conditions in the country, we demand like it is done in private schools to say that all our schools in the country should have social workers. People who are now able to deal with the psychological welfare of our learners. Part of the things which makes our learners not to excel or to deviate from the purpose of why they're in school is because of uh, their psychological welfare and obviously influenced and increased by these elements, these developments we have with COVID-19 which then now maybe has killed your parents or everything. You're now unable to concentrate in school and everything. I mean, the very same with the unrest. You've got a parent who participated in the unrest. He or she is arrested or killed, shot and killed. We, we just need to deal with the psychological part of our learners. I think that is the only way which we are going to get our learners back to the focal point. We've just been in conversation with Mr. Douglas Ngobeni, the spokesperson of the Congress of South African Students, helping us unpack the ways in which issues of access to things as basic as basic water and sanitation, the ability to access technology and the internet to fully integrate into the e-learning program and how all of these issues have impacted schools and the students of those schools as we continue this conversation around the full-time return of school children into schools, even in the face of the continuing COVID-19 pandemic. Mr. Ngobeni, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the insight you have given us on this matter. And thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report. Thank you very much, my brother. Keep working. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1.
or streams via www.varfm.co.za.